Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Star Bros Podcast. Wow, it has been a long time since I've said that. A very long time. Like, a month and a half, I think. That right. long. Relax a little bit. No, I'm just shocked by how long it's been. This is Where not have that kind been? of... Where have I been? Yeah. You talking to me or are you talking to the audience? I'm talking to... Uh, well, I guess I'm talking to both of you right now, but I'm, at the moment, only you can answer me, so you have to tell me, where have you been? I've been around. You know, I've been enjoying my summer, like a lot of people. Okay. Good. I think What's... I have been, too. What, what did you know, do actually. this... What what did you do this summer? I've just been in school, and we went to Missouri. That was I think the last time we recorded was before I went to Missouri, which was like early July. So uh, yeah, I, it's it, really been a long time for me. It, it's been a while, but it's good to be back. Doesn't it feel good to be back? It does. It good to be, it's good to be back talking Star Wars and talking mm-hmm. about Ahsoka now, which will be new, a lot of fun. New stuff. We have new stuff to talk about. New content is always good to have. By the way, yeah. that voice that you hear that's so ominous in the background is my bros, Jan, Jan Solo. <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> What's your name again, man? <laughs> oh, man. And the other voice that you hear that is perfectly pleasant and not ominous at all is my <laughs> bro host, Ben Skywalker. I like how I go for the jugular and you're just like, whoa, man, that's not that's uncalled for. Uncalled for. Sorry um, about that. No, no problem. No but problem. seriously, how how have you been? Tell tell the listeners how you've been for the last month and a half. Dude, I've been good. Um, I haven't been in school like you have. I commend you for all the hard work you're doing to better yourself and get your massage therapy degree. Um, <laughs> I what do we do? We went to the beach a couple times. Um, you know, just yeah, t- t- typical summer stuff. A couple of cookouts. Yeah. Um, a little bit of social time. Um, it's just, it's been too hot, man. It's been way too hot in the yes. Philly area. Um, speaking of Philly, this is episode 76. That is impressive. I didn't even make that connection. Good yeah. job. <laughs> so most of our major roadways in the area, and this doesn't make it confusing at all. No. Have, have 76 in them. Why? There's got to be a reason why. Even the basketball team's called the 76ers. Yeah. Why? Nobody knows. Be... That's Nobody... the weirdest thing. Nobody knows. Oh, oh well. Yeah. Well, to our uh, foreign listeners, uh, if you go and Google 1776, maybe you'll find out why. But uh, we're not going to get very patriotic on this, our 76th episode. We are instead going to talk about Ahsoka, yeah. uh, which we've been excited to talk about. And we're going to make a couple of changes to the format of our episodes. Okay. Um, the the break and time away got us thinking about what it is that we wanted to, to, to be and wanted to cover and do. And what we want to do when we grow up, what we yeah. should do with our lives. Yeah. And we're still figuring that out. But for the time being, yeah. we're realizing, you know, it's a lot to cover the news. And then you get into like 30 minutes into the episode. And now we're getting to what we wanted to talk about. Let's just get right into it. Yeah. So... You know, if you want to get the news, you frankly, you can go over to Shoot the Poodoo because they'll always cover newsworthy stuff. Um, but I think part of it, too, is I realized, like, what's been all the news in the last month and a half? Like, most of it has just been, like, getting ready for Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, well, like, kind of. I mean, the strikes have kind of put a damper on things. You can't do any press tours or anything. But um, but you got trailers and you, you got uh, a little bit, a couple of teasers here and there and and then you know of course the the leak that 
not the leak, but the announcement that they're going to drop on Tuesdays, which I I love so much, by the way. You do? Okay, why is that? Well, partly because then I'm I'm not the one in the group chat that's that hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, because uh, so just for a little bit of context, um, we have a lot of friends who are able to get themselves up at 3 a.m. Eastern time to watch or, whatever, or never go to sleep one or, or the other or, or never go to sleep. I don't know. Um, but Chris either way, a vampire, he says, we, we wake up in the morning and everybody's seen the episode and it's like, all right, well, me like your options are, do you watch it before work? Like, do you, do you drag yourself out of bed an hour early to watch it before work? Which I've, I've done with like Mando episodes and stuff. I like did that, that for book of Boba Fett. And I couldn't do it after that. It's hard to do for mm-hmm. most of us. Um, or you wait till the next day and then you're you're trying to avoid all of the normal social media accounts that you love following, that you enjoy kind of like seeing what their take is and all that stuff. And so you, you're just sort of like shut down for a day. Um, and by the way, we, we try to observe all of those like embargoes of like, we're not going to post anything about Ahsoka for a couple of days after the episode comes out. Like we don't want to spoil anybody's good time. Right. Um, but I, when when I came out at three o'clock in the morning, Eastern time, I felt like we were always playing catch up. Now yeah. it comes out still after my bedtime, but <laughs> I think I can do it. I think I can sit <laughs> after nine to watch a new episode of Ahsoka. It is after your bedtime. I know that. And I know that it, well, this one is a little bit tougher because he had two episodes to cover. But didn't make it. And he didn't make it. Did you make it through one? <laughs> no. You didn't even make it through one. I was going to say, I, I was hopeful for you that, you know, from here on out when they're releasing on Tuesdays at nine o'clock, that it's just one episode. And you can get through that. Well, but... I, I, I think this week I will. But I what I wanted to do, I wanted to sit down and watch two episodes of Ahsoka and I was getting into it and I was like, I like I can feel my eyelids getting heavy. Yeah. Um, the four cheesesteaks that I ate for dinner weren't sitting well. <laughs> and I was just getting a little bit sleepy. And so I said, tomorrow, tomorrow is Ahsoka were wrapped in pizza. All of them. All of them. Whoa, yes. okay, overachiever here. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a bit of a heavy dinner. I don't expect you to stay awake or even alive through much longer than <laughs> a one Dude, episode or two episodes of Ahsoka. You know what I saw recently? There's a place in Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Quick aside, our, our first our first <laughs> divergence away from the main topic here. Um, <laughs> there's a place in Quakertown, Pennsylvania that has, I think it's a six-pound cheesesteak. And it's uncalled if you, for if you eat it in 30 minutes and the dessert it comes with and the French fries, it's free. <laughs> I mean, that's so you know it better be. Yeah, I watched I watched a video of a man eat it in like 21 minutes. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All 21 minutes of it. Yeah. Yes, because oh, he, he narrates the whole thing. When does the timer start? Okay, you know what? We can't get into all the details of that, but no. that's, that's just insanity. No, right? but I'll, I'll, if I ever try it, I'll report back. Okay, and if you ever get a free lunch out of it, I I will profess to not know who you are. That That's <laughs> one of those things where if you win, you're still a loser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hope that guy's about? not listening. No, um, it, it was awesome. I, w- I would imagine. Uh, no, we were talking about Ahsoka. Um, yep. And I was, you know, letting everybody know we're not going to be covering the news, uh, at least for the next little bit. I think that's we're, something we just want to test out and uh, we just want to cover the content of the episode and get right into it so that yeah. uh, we aren't wasting your time anymore. Yeah. So, and, and you brought up anymore. a really good point, which is that our friends at Baraxium, who host Shooting the Poodoo on Sunday nights, 
they're they're covering stuff right away. Like, There's no G in it. It's just shooting, shooting the poodoo, <laughs> shooting, <laughs> shooting los poodoos. <laughs> they they cover stuff in, in in Spanish. Yeah, they cover it as soon as it comes out. Whatever the news is, they'll be talking about it. So we'll let them handle the news. Um, you're in good hands with them. They're they're the Kent Brockmans of the Star Wars news world. The Ron Burgundies. Yes. He didn't even laugh at my photos. Anyway, yes, go find your news coverage there. We are just going to jump right into Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said, we were a little bit surprised to uh, be told just a week in advance, I think, yeah. uh, that we would be getting on Tuesdays. Again, made my day, night when I read it, um, whatever time of day it was, just because I I, I uh, don't have a bedtime of 9 o'clock. Mine's more like probably midnight. It should animal. be sooner. I know it, it should be sooner than that, but it's not. Um, Dude, so do yeah, you know how, do you know how crazy that is to me? I'm sure it is. Yes. I mean, I don't know what time you're waking up, but it, it must be much earlier than, than I am. Um, I, I'm assuming so, but I, I just, I haven't seen that part of like, I haven't seen anything after like 10 PM <laughs> in like months. Oh, uh, I mean, because you're too busy partying on the weekends. Yeah, I I, I just party. Up. Yeah, I party in the morning. Lunchtime party. In bed. <laughs> let's get like, into Ahsoka. Let's do that. <laughs> Instead of our sleeping routines, let's get into Ahsoka. Yeah. Um. All right. We got two episodes. Yeah. Master and Apprentice mm-hmm. and Toil and Trouble. Oh, my gosh. Excellent episodes. Very good episodes. Um, I guess let's just start. We're going to go through each episode at one at a time, starting with Master and Apprentice. Um, just tell me your overall vibes to both of these episodes. And and let's clarify, like, um, you know, a lot of people were talking about like this being season five of Rebels. And mm-hmm. I, I'd say to some degree, it did feel that way that, you know, I was talking to my wife afterwards. She was like, I didn't know you know, some of the characters, like I didn't follow it on, but it was good. I liked it. Um, so there are some, I think, backstories that they don't really get into. Like when they introduce Ezra, you're, if you don't know who that is, you don't really understand like, okay, what's the big deal here? But I, I, I felt at least if you were coming in fresh, and this is what I want your take on, like if you were coming in fresh, you didn't feel completely alienated. Like no, they did enough to, to, tell you what was going on to tell you why certain characters mattered or, or, you know, um, why you should care about them and, uh, did a good job catching you up. Would you agree? I I would agree. Um, I think they did a lot of good, like orientation work. Like we started the first episode with a crawl and the crawling text orients you to like where you are in the story. Um, very star Warsy. They, they capitalize certain words and mm-hmm. instantly you kind of know what the setting is uh, on a grand scale. And, th- and then you zoom yeah. in, you start to see some of these characters and you can pick up on, all right, there's something between Ahsoka and Sabine. There's some type of baggage there. Um, some of their conversations, I think, showed the dynamic that they had. But I can see how some people some people will be like, all right, well, how do we get here, though? But a lot of stories do that. And then you kind of discover it along the way, especially as yeah. those character relationships start to evolve. And we don't know where they're going to go from here, which is kind of cool. Well, what was interesting to me, too, was that um, it was their choice of the intro. It was, one, the use of the color red 
instead mm-hmm. of, of the yellow. That typical um, gold color, yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Especially given that this is a hero story, Ahsoka. So it's this isn't Thrawn's story. I mean, Thrawn's going to be a big part of it, but Ahsoka is the, the main character. And it's it's starting off with very, uh, e- you know, evil overtones using the red colors. Even just like the... And, and I, we I thought we it was see- the, the alignment of the text of the scroll. Yeah, I didn't pick it was up like on left that. left aligned. It wasn't centered. It wasn't like hmm. it, it felt off, almost like they were trying to throw you off kilter a little bit. OK, huh. I didn't pick up on that, but maybe subconsciously in some way, like it just puts you on edge a little bit. But I, I also thought yeah. it was interesting where you don't you don't jump into the story and see Ahsoka wherever she is and whatever she's doing. You jump in and immediately you see the villains at work. Yeah, that's right. And, and and you get to know them a little bit before you orient to some of the heroes in the story. And in fact, you see, yeah. you see the villains being successful in their mission right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. Like basically, uh, you know, they they had no trouble uh, no. dispatching any of those. Uh, um, well, they're not rebels anymore. They're uh, the New Republic. The New Republic. The yeah, a, lo- a um, lot of people online took issue with the New Republic's ability to transport a prisoner. How so? Um, they blew it with Moff Gideon. <laughs> and now they've blown it with Morgan Elsbeth. And there's probably other examples. But basically, Mando if, if, season one, the whole prison break episode, the, the whole prison ship, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> if, if you want to bust out a friend, let the uh, New Republic transport them for me to be. Yeah, that's just who's guarding it. New Republic. All right, we're in. It doesn't matter what we're stealing. We're in. <laughs> but but you know what? That, that that to me was, I think, central to one of the themes I'm starting to pick up on here. What's that? Which is that the New Republic has won the big conflict. The good guys have won against the Empire, but they're getting a little complacent. They're getting a little bit cocky. And I think one of the things that at first I thought was maybe a little bit silly, but then later on, I kind of looked at it because I I mentioned to you earlier, I did a rewatch, watched Uh the first two episodes, came back today, watched them again. Um, If the captain of the transport ship knows right off the bat that it can't be Jedi on that shuttle who want to board, he knows that there's somebody from the Empire. Why even let them on board? And, and and why why let them on board? But also, why like why go, go down and to go toe to toe with them? Yeah, meet them like with your uh, with your entourage that just have a few blasters when you know what they're capable of. That that to me is like the first signal in this series that New Republic is vulnerable because it's gotten a little bit confident in its victory. I don't know if I you know I call it confident like I. I don't know if that's a word I would use because it, it might not. It just is a, there's a little bit of arrogance. There's a, but I think it's more just ineptitude. Maybe like, inept. Um, and we saw in um, the last season of the Mandalorian, the fact that it's gotten a little bureaucratic Yeah, and it's not as easy just to sort of like pick up and go and react as yeah. maybe it was when it was still a rebellion. And, so, and they're still using a lot of people that were part of the empire. I mean, what they've basically done right. is said like, okay, you you all seem like you didn't really have that much loyalty. You were just in it for, you know, as they talked about later, greed, which is there's some great lines there about, you know, this isn't for them. It was just about greed. It was just about rising to the top and gaining as much as you can. We and can the empire, that. Well, yeah. And the empire was 
better at that than the new republic was i mean yeah um mando season three did a lot to expose some of the bureaucracy and and again the ineptitude that i think is is apparent right now where you just got people who aren't really vying for power but who uh who really don't know what to do with the power they have yeah and i feel like that's what this ship was it was just a uh, again this captain was a bit arrogant he came down there and was like you should have yeah, i think i wrote down you should have surrendered when the empire collapsed yeah um, that's a really i wrote that was a really bad line to say to anyone that's carrying a lightsaber especially yeah. if they're potential sith he he tried to do like a gotcha moment and yeah. and and he ended up losing a whole bunch of people in his crew as a result the entire crew I, and I felt like as soon as like I knew something was going to go sideways, um, I just looked at the one Mon Calamari guy in the background and I was like, that yeah. poor guy's going to get it. Like, he's just <laughs> he's just trying to help. Um, like I just pictured him like sending, you know, hologram messages back home to his family like, oh, it's cool. It's a good job. Got benefits. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now uh, this turkey decides that he wants to go toe to toe with some rogue Jedi. I mean, it wouldn't have ended well for him anyway because they, I mean, they have two force users uh, with lightsabers coming at them. Like, yeah, they're they're outmatched. Yeah, um, like their only chance would have been, oh, you want Morgan Elizabeth? Yeah, she's in uh, that chamber over there. Go get her. Yeah, and please let us be. Yeah, <laughs> that, it, you know? it might have worked. Who knows? Because it seems might not, like it might have. May it not seems have. It seems like Balin has a little bit of a soft spot. It seems like he's a little bit sentimental. Yeah. Well, mm, yeah. I mean, she, Morgan Elsbeth uh, calls him out for that later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I don't know. I, I felt the same. Like I don't know if I would call it sentimental, but he definitely he he's definitely not good. But I didn't feel like he was terrible either. Like they, yeah. so you've got Balin and Shin is his apprentice's name, mm-hmm. um, who are very much deploying the um, is Padawan, Padawan. My, I was gonna say master and apprentice. And so this title of the episode is really interesting because you you think at first is talking about the master and apprentice being uh, Balin and Shin, and again they're using those term that terminology. So very much could be. But then later on, we're introduced to Ahsoka and Sabine, and that's that's another master-apprentice relationship, just one yeah. that's soured. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a couple of uh, juxtapositions going on here. Yeah, and I, and I didn't catch it until um, somebody online pointed it out, but she does have a Padawan braid. Oh, I didn't catch that either. And then I, I went back and I looked, and sure enough, when she's fighting with Sabine... You can see it draped over her shoulder, sort of falls down a couple of times. Um, other parts when she's walking around, you can see it. So. Wow. Yeah. You're, you're talking about Shin, right? Shin. Oh, Shin cool. Has a, Shin has a Padawan braid. Well, I'm going to go watch it again. Yeah. And pick that up. That's pretty yeah. cool. I'm, um, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that duo, by the way. Like that could be a really cool part of the story. And, and one that doesn't go as you would expect it to where bad guys lose and die. Like there's, there could be something that comes from the end of this. Maybe one of them does or something, but um, again, it's really weird. We're just diving in really deep into this relationship here. But um, at the beginning of the second episode, they uh, Shin was asking Balin like, okay, what's, what is in this for us? What, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if we do find Thrawn, like, what do we get out of it? And he says power. Yeah. Well, that's very dark side theme. 
Big, but, big time, big time. And, and that led me to think to let me to think about, um, just a, a thing that I picked up reading a couple of books about spies. Cause I went on this whole kick where I was really interested in spies and, um, there was a whole section about what, what motivates people to be bad guys, what motivates people to be double agents and stuff like that. And apparently the KGB used to have a list of different motivations and in English it translates to Sorry. why are you laughing? All I thought of was uh, Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. <laughs> Wasn't there one part where he like knocks on the door is like the KGB answers to nobody or something? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> Oh but no, the, that was that was a uh, uh, that wasn't Dwight that did that. That was um, was it Jim that did it to it Dwight. Was Jim that did it to Dwight yeah. and slapped him or something. <laughs> Sorry, um, go back. To- that's <laughs> okay. Uh, so they they had an acronym, mice, M I C E. Okay. So they said four things can motivate somebody to be a bad guy and and work for them: money, yep, ideology, coercion, mm-hmm. or ego. Those those were the things that they looked to exploit to turn somebody from the good guys to the bad guys. Interesting. Okay. Um, which one was Anakin? Um, coercion. He was coerced. He had a bit of an ego, but it wasn't really the driver. It doesn't have to be one. Right. Right. Okay. It could be more. It it can be coercion and ego. Okay, that, that seems about right for Anakin. That's kind of cool. But you're right. You're right. It, it's it's a very um, not Jedi thing to say to sort of lust for power like that, and and yeah. to tell your Padawan like this is what we get at. We get to be, you know, at the top of the heap when all is said and done. Yeah. Um, and she's sort of indifferent to it. Like she's like, okay, I'll go to yeah. Corellia. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> By uh, the way. The other thing she I was, was about- she very much the apprentice, I would say, like, yeah. yes, master. OK, master, I will do what you say, master, like a, it, a good a good contrast to Sabine and Ahsoka, a good contrast to Anakin yeah. and Ahsoka. The, the bad guys happen to be the ones kind of being disciplined and organized about how they treat these relationships. It just it what surprises me more than anything is how they're just continuing to use very Jedi like uh ideologies yeah if we can say that word again um again the master apprentice like she's super obedient yeah but she's almost too obedient like almost like dark side obedient if you were asking me like it's a little blind trust it is yeah where like you get the sense that she's not fully on board yeah you know or 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 letting somebody else do the thinking for her um right which how do you grow to be an independent rogue Jedi or however you define yourself if you don't make any of your own decisions. Right. Um, But another thing I was going to mention is like zooming out of the story here, uh, a terrific performance of Balin by Ray. What's his last name? Stevenson. Uh, Ray Stevenson, Mm -hmm. uh, who tragically passed away, never got to see the premiere of the show. Right. Right. Uh, And and two months ago, right? just very recently um so our hearts go out to you know his fans and friends and family uh, a tragic tragic story seemed like a younger guy too um yeah three months may 21st yeah wow. um 58 is how old he was mm. um it, yeah so definitely lost too soon but i think uh 
I, I mean, I love the little things like they put at the very end of the episode, like to, um, for our friend Ray. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which was a nice touch, but I, I hope, um, you know, I, I hope that I hope they do more of that. Like, do it at the very end of the season again. You know, just it's just really nice. Remind us of, uh, especially yeah. once we've seen the full performance. But uh, the girl who plays Shin, yeah, she's Ukrainian. And I went to her social media and she's like posting pictures from bomb shelters and stuff. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. I was wondering and looking at her, I was like, she looks very like Serbian or, uh, yeah, Ukrainian, Russian, like something in that area. What does that mean? What do they look like? Well, she has the complexity. The complexity. The com- Like the, what do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Just, I'm just trying to put you in the hot seat. <laughs> you are. And I'm just like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> but she like, she de- definitely looks like she uh, comes from that region. But, um, but yeah, I was just really curious. As, as, as a Polish person, I was like, I need to see where she's from because I feel like she's yeah. like, from the neighborhood. Yeah. And it's, and then she really was. Yeah. So you're telling me that she's, oh, I looked up too. She's exactly 11 years and one day younger than me. <laughs> really? Okay. But anyway. So you guys um, almost have the same birthday. No. So did I say 11 days? What I'm saying? 11 years and one day. 11 years and one day. Yeah, that exactly. So yeah, almost had the same birthday. We're off by one day. Yeah. Um, But, but anyway, so she's, um, she's, I mean, she's pretty good. She kind of plays really, the, she's really good. She, she plays it really well, but yeah, it seems it's interesting that both of those characters are kind of like their real lives have so much tragedy in them unfortunately yeah Um, i wrote down too that there's the scene where you know she has the little droid that's out there scanning and everything flashbacks to maul on uh tatooine in episode one doing the 100 percent. did you see that or was that just me no i i wonder how intentional some of that stuff is but that really felt like it i i think it is a bit intentional because i feel like it is dave filoni be like you know Fans of the whole trilogy are going to see this and be like, oh, that looked familiar. That sounded familiar and just and and pick up on those type of things so that it it, I, it can't just be us. I, I bet we could go to the interwebs on the social channels and find other people talking about that, too. Probably. You'll just have to show me how to do that. I, I usually just go to ask Jeeves <laughs> and then put in how do I get in my email? Or <laughs> like I was trying to find my password to. A couple um, hour, uh, an hour or so ago, um, but, but but going back to that probe droid. So one of the yeah. things that's really exciting about this series is we get to see some stuff that we've seen animated before, but in live action. Yeah. Like, what did you think of Lethal and like Ezra's like crow nest? And yeah. All that cool stuff. I I, I wrote down uh, a few things. I was just I kept writing this person returns, that person returns, and it was the first um, twenty minutes or so just felt like. Hey, we're gonna introduce you to all these these things that you know and recognize real quick. And so, um, Huyang returning was really cool to see. You know the with um, with David Tennant doing his voice. David Tennant doing his voice. I saw Doctor Who. That's really neat. Um, I remember also from Harry Potter. Yeah, and I'm not. Yeah, good call. I'm not too familiar with David Tennant's work like beyond Harry Potter. Like I never really watched Doctor Who or anything. Yeah. But people were pointing out that some of the lines that he has in the show, they're like, that's got to be him ad-libbing. That is so him. And, and, and yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know for sure, but I'll take people's word for it. Um, If he's bringing some of like his personal style to the character, I think that's really cool. I, I will say with Hu Yang, I really liked 
just the way that they showed another way to show a droid emote. Um, that's something we've talked about a lot with uh, droids in some of our past episodes when we get to them. But they did it, they do something unique every single time. And for me, mm-hmm. I kept looking at his eyelids, his eyes, his eyes. Yes. Yeah. And he had like these little covers that would come up and down in little places. Like one of them would turn on its side and like go in and, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of create expressions, a, create expressions. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it, he would look sad when he would do that or concerned yeah. or worried, you know? Yeah. So like, it added just a layer to his character, which I loved. Um, I feel like I, he's I feel like he's the guy that like you work with who says what he's thinking a little bit too much. And you're just like, shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> not helpful. He's, he's super proud, too, because he's first of all, he survived uh, Order 66, which the droid that helps get Padawans and younglings their lightsabers you'd think would not survive that, but, um, but he did. And, and he's with Ahsoka now and, and he's, it's his point when he was like, I'm still 75% original parts or something like that. Like show off. He's a, he's a bit of a proud robot and uh, proud, proud, proud droid robot. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, but it's still coming from like a place of like, because he is so old, like it's not, I don't interpret his pride. It's, it's very much just like, like I've been through a lot and seen a lot. Like I I'm very honored and very grateful too. you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe there is like a little bit of gratitude there. Um, yeah. And, and I'm guessing he's probably survived a lot if he's been around for over 500 years. He says to Sabine at one point, you know, I've seen so many different Jedi and lightsabers over 500 years. And right. Um, by the way, you're the, you're the worst of them all. Um, or whatever he says <laughs> to Sabine. Yeah, that was pretty good. It was, it was big blow, but it was good. <laughs> that was pretty harsh. Um, yeah. but he's saying what he's thinking and he's speaking from real experience. So you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you can't, you can't totally set that aside and be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I, I felt some real K2SO vibes, which yeah. you, you think of like the caliber of voice acting done there and, and it's just so nice that they're going and getting some great voice actors to do these droids lately. Like I was rewatching Solo last uh, um, last week, I think, and L three, you know, and getting uh, Phoebe. I'm forgetting her full name, um, but the actress that plays L three, you know, yeah. just again getting great actors to play them and not just like oh let's throw away like whatever. So I'm excited to see David Tennant come in and, and do the voice of him because so far. He's uh he's stealing every scene that he's in. So, speaking of droids, here's here's another thing that had people buzzing on the interwebs. People were like, "Wait, I can understand Chopper now." Like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> and people at first it was like a question, like, "Wait, can I understand Chopper now?" And you, you listen, you're like, you know, I do understand him. I, I I'm I'm picking up what he's putting down, so to speak. Which, I think that's just Dave Valone, if Filoni voicing him again, because he, it he, is. he voiced him in the, um, uh, what's it called? In the Rebels yeah, series, but, right? But it was, it was a little bit different. It was like, it was uh, way more, way more droid-like. The, here, here it, it's, there's something like human about like the intonation of the voice and the phrasing. Yeah. I, I, I will say like, I did feel like you could do that in, in the animated series too, but I think you're right. There, there is a little bit more ease in, in understanding yeah. him than before. 
Yeah. Um, which which I absolutely love. And and I mean, we're jumping around a ton, but while we're on Chopper, gosh, it like doesn't miss a beat. His nope. translation from animation over to live action nailed it. Per- I mean, perfection. Even like with the like, like, like him doing his little uh, hand motions and stuff, yep. like really sold it. By, by the way, somebody else in the interwebs pointed this out. And I just, I, I wish I could give credit because I can't remember who it was. But um, what, what does he recommend that they do when they're chasing that shuttle off of Corellia? Oh, uh, what? tells Hera to shoot it down. Okay. And, and she says, we can't. We're, she says something to the effect of like, we're over the city. Like there's innocent people down there. <laughs> and somebody pointed out what Chopper's proposing is literally a war crime. <laughs> and if that's where we're starting with him, like <laughs> we're, we're going to get some good Chopper in this series. We're going to get some great stuff. And, and again, it was so cool that they just kind of slowly revealed all these different characters. So going back to your original point of like seeing Lethal, getting Hu Yang, was was uh mm-hmm. really great then getting Hera right after that and and we'll we'll go back there in a second then Lethal then Sabine and Lethal looks just like it did in the animated series with that highway yeah. going out to the communications tower like it, it just was was perfect and then getting the Lothcat like as soon as the Lothcat comes on oh, screen yeah. my wife was like I want that <laughs> it's it's the new Grogu for sure um, t- yeah. today, today, actually, uh, Disney was reposting a whole bunch of Lothcat pictures and videos and stuff like that. And I think, I think they know that people are in love. Yeah. Um, the new may- Borg. real quick, um, I'll mention one thing about Lothal and then maybe we can jump back to the first episode and talk about some of the action, some of the story as it unfolds. Yeah. Um, w- we'll get back to what she was working on, but there's a moment where Sabine is in Ezra's crow nest and the communication tower thing. And she cracks the code and she goes outside to look up at the stars. And that was like a goosebumps moment for me Mm. of like, she figured the thing out and she had a direction to look in. And what did she want to do? She wanted to go and like, see with her own eyes where that was in the sky. Mm, Some, mm-hmm. something about that just gave me goosebumps but interesting speak, speaking of that map i just thought it was like a really nice poetic moment and just a cool thing to do like she wasn't just completely absorbed with solving the puzzle of what it was yeah like she wanted to see like what it really meant like where it was out in the universe but um going back so we we f- first meet ahsoka when she is looking for this puzzle sphere map thing. I don't know if yeah. they give it a, a, an official name. He, like serious Indiana Jones vibes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like just the archeological kind of like sifting through this unknown civilizations tomb of some kind. Looking well, for and we thing. find out that it was a, an old night sisters temple. Yeah. What, what a cool twist that is. Yeah. Um, and then finding out that there's a whole nother galaxy that they would have to jump to in order to go and, and track Thrawn down. But um, some cool action in that first scene, that Mm self-destruct sequence with those droids that she encounters. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people, so so we'll get into like one of the first complaints that I saw on on Mm. Twitter or whatever it's called these days. Some people (laughs) were like, that's true. Some people were like, Oh, well the self-destruct was really slow. Like what? 
I mean, okay, look, I, I, I will admit, I thought something similar, but because I thought about two things, I was like, wow, that's a big self destruct. Like that. Well, that's the thing. Punch. It doesn't have to be that fast if it's going to be that destructive. Like, oh, sure, yeah. go ahead and run for a little bit. You're not going to get away from it. Yeah, if it was just like this little like explosion, then I'd say that thing should have been able to go off much quicker. But it, at the scale of the explosion, yeah, my thought was it takes a little bit for something like that to warm up. <laughs> yeah, that so makes sense too. That made sense to me when when I saw the scale of it. Um, and I do believe like something like that small could pack a punch like that. So, um, but anyway, I, that was, so that was one thought. Um, and the, the second is, uh, backing up to that. Um, did you ever see the movie? It was an animated one. We watch it a bunch sometimes. It's like 10 plus years old now. Um, Megamind. <laughs> no, no. They, they have a whole joke running of like the, their, their big death ray is warming up and, and, uh, like the sun like is that. it's it's based off it's using the power of the sun and the, and the joke is like the sun is warming up but anyway it's like it, that's it did make me think of that it's like sometimes like when you're gonna use a big death ray like this it's gonna take some time to warm up makes sense makes sense anyway i shut that person on x down um, <laughs> okay. and they'll they'll never know about it um but to your point that was a really cool opening scene. And to me, I think if you're going to open a scene or, or, or open a character's introduction with some action like that, you got to make it good. Yeah. And, and they made it good. They made like, it good. Specifically with her doing the whole like zipping with her lightscapers around to, to pull them underneath, you know, like that was cool. That was just really cool. So I felt like they uh, they really nailed her intro. Yeah. Agreed. And then she jumps on her ship and um, which, by the way, I looked it up. T six one nine seven four. It's the call sign of the ship that she's on. Mm -hmm. And Dave Filoni apparently was born in 1974. So oh. I don't know if that's him putting himself in there or what. Maybe. Probably. Probably. Pro he deserves that. <laughs> probably. But um, uh, I also like that they she's continuing to use the fulcrum um, call sign. She is. Which is really cool. Very cool. Um, again, little things like that uh, to bring back memories of uh, um, of Rebels. Uh, Hera, let's go to her for a second. Um, because when we're introduced to her, I think there was a lot of people reacting when they saw her online. They're like, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Like, she's she's just great all around. Uh, yeah. Great actress. Um, but uh, I don't know. I really, I thought she she looked great, and more importantly, she really embodied the character really well. Like she's Hera's a, a mom. Like she's, well, she literally is now. We have to assume, even though we haven't seen the kids, she is. But yeah. to Sabine and to Ezra, she was essentially their mom. It was like raising them, and she took very much like this maternal um, persona seriously the, in the protective, in caring, um, yeah smart and capable all of that yeah and and i think like once we saw her and then we got sabine i started thinking that this show might be over the course of this season a lot about the dynamic between those three characters right their history where they are now and and where it's all going uh, and i agree i think she's terrific in it when when i when i first saw a picture of her dressed as hera i i thought it was rachel brosnahan who I am a big fan of, who, who plays the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's, oh, going, okay. she's going to be playing Lois Lane 
in an upcoming mm. uh, Superman movie. Cool. And I was like, that's such a great casting. Rachel Brosnahan, so good. She's going to absolutely kill it as Hera. Um, not, not disappointed, but now, now I have a new dream casting for Rachel Brosnahan in Star Wars. I would love to see her play Afra. If they ever make oh, a, li oh, oh, oh. a live action Dr. Afra, but that that's I a little bit of a working. Yeah. Um, speaking of actors, Clancy Brown is sort of a glutton for Star Wars roles, isn't he? Uh, which role does he play? He plays Ryder. Um, okay. Who is given the introduction at the, the ceremony with the mural and then yeah. uh, Sabine doesn't show up. He also plays Berg on the prison ship the okay. the horned red guy uh yeah. he, he does the he voice of familiar yeah he's berg he does the okay. voice of savage opress oh my gosh really um and near and dear to my heart he also does the voice of mr krabs on spongebob <laughs> maybe that's one of the other places maybe, I was maybe like, that's I where you know him from i've no i've seen his face around star wars but i was like where have i seen it i know i have um, but I didn't, Mr. Krabs. I think I also have seen his face there too. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, makes it even better. Yeah. I mean, he was good too, but like you said, he just kind of finds a way to get in everywhere he can Yeah, with or him. without prosthetics. Isn't it funny? Um, like, you, you know, like when we went to Comic-Con you can see the actors and they're doing a signing and they, they have a banner behind them. And typically it's got like shots of their face and the different character roles that they've played. Like mm -hmm. half his banner can be like star Wars people. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> that, like that, who can really say that? Not many people at all. Um, I mean, unless you're D. Bradley Baker and he can basically be like, I was every clone. Right. So right. Top that, guys. You can have a massive <laughs> banner behind him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what did you think of how Sabine was introduced? Oh, I loved it. I, I was another thing that I wrote down specifically was I loved her introduction. Um, I, I read a lot of uh, reactions, early reactions before the episodes dropped, and a lot of them were were uh, praising um, uh, Natasha Luberdizo. Uh, I think I said the name right, um, who plays Sabine. And I will say that I didn't see anything that was just like stellar, over the top, like acting that I I was you know jaw on the floor or anything. But she one. Just like Mary Elizabeth Winston, like embodying the character of Ahara really well and carrying over uh, everything that we got out of her her performance in um, in uh, the animated series, I felt the same th thing with uh, Sabine. Like she yeah. really embodied her. She has a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an attitude, uh, and like you know, uh, I'm I'm going to do my own thing. Um, even though years have passed by, like she's continued to to do whatever she wants and be that rebel at heart. Yeah. Um, and this first introduction was a, a perfect example of, of that. Um, also the music. I love the music. I was going to make mention of that because it, it, it's not like anything we've really heard in star Wars before. Why is it though, that all the music is not sung in basic English? I don't know. It's always in an alien language. That's always. a good point. That's a good point. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know what they use to refer to that type of music that she was listening to, like or that was playing when she was on the speeder bike. But it made me think of some of the audiobooks that I've listened to from the High Republic era 
And when they talk oh. about the the Nihil. Nihil, yes, I knew you were gonna say that. Yep. <laughs> and and when they go into battle, and, and yeah. for those who for those who haven't read it, they're sort of like these bad guy pirate type characters who are um kind of the scourge of the galaxy at this time before the era of Star Wars that we're in now. Mm-hmm. But it says that they crank up this music. It's some type of like punk rock type of music. Yeah, sp- and then, specifically one faction does. Yeah. Yeah, right. You're right. Um, and, and, and I always wondered, like, I wonder what that sounds like. And, and this to me was like, that probably sounds something like that. Like just <laughs> this hard driving, aggressive, like rebellious type of music. Honestly, it reminded me of like my my daughter likes to listen to like this Japanese music right now. And it reminded really? me a little bit of that. Like, uh, like I felt like no I was kidding. listening to her music. Yeah, it's really interesting. Huh. Um, I'm not sure where she got it from. Uh, it might be because she's like obsessed with Kirby and a lot of Nintendo games right now. Oh, yeah, I like Kirby, too. Yeah. So that might be where it's coming from. That's cool. Um, no, great introduction. Really cool stunt that she pulls. Um, and, and she plays well, the, the dynamic between her and Ahsoka is, is tough. Like there's, there's some really good lines. There's the one where, um, Sabine says something like, yeah, I guess I should have made a good Jedi. And, uh, Ahsoka was like, yes, you should have like there, there's some real cold blood there, despite this, um, love for Ezra that's bringing them together to then Mm -hmm. search for Thrawn. Um, that's, that's a tough relationship and we don't really get any insights into it because the, the series never really gave us a, a really good Ahsoka Sabine yeah. relationship build out. Well, I, th- I think we're going to get it here and I think we're going to learn a little bit more about the past and we're going to definitely see how things evolve for them. But what I thought was interesting about their first touch point was Ahsoka brought some baggage because Ahsoka was coming to her to kind of use her for something to to use her not not to reconnect not hey how have you been and sabine probably picked up on that and still said something that was like a little bit of an olive branch moment where she said so where do you call home these days just a, a a totally innocent kind of question that i think carries a lot of like hey i'm, I'm extending i'm extending my hand to you yeah. This doesn't just have to be business. I care about you. I, I care about what's going on with you and whatever. And Ahsoka kind of blows her off. Yeah, I live on the ship. Yeah, it's fine for me. All right, yeah. let's do this thing. No, you can't take the map. Um, <laughs> so which, uh, by the way, I'm on Ahsoka's side with that. I like, think, yeah. Well, you is, see what happens. You, wanna, you see what happens, but you also don't want to let this out of your sight. And yeah, Ahsoka was right to to lay down that rule. This is just absolutely is just a rebel that's all she is she's still a rebel absolutely um and and, but good comes from it she ends up cracking the code so to speak she ends up opening it up um she ends up losing it uh Mm -hmm. she ends up uh confronting one of the bad guys and getting run through with the saber which by the way who knew all you have to do is go to the hospital there was no hospital when qui-gon got run through with the saber well, they were kind of alone all the way in that uh, tucked away there. It's like you have to get there pretty quickly. I guess so. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought about that. Like, if if the story wants you to survive, you'll survive, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I I, I I bet we could poke fun of that one all day. Um, no, but I, I thought uh, before we jump into the Sabine battle, the one other thing that I really liked was um, 
back after after Sabine left and Ahsoka is talking to Hera, uh, she, Ahsoka says something. She says, sometimes even the right reasons have the wrong consequences. What do we do mm. then? And they mm. were talking about Ahsoka when she left the Order and and also leaving Sabine. And and they're addressing this fact that, yeah, when when the going gets tougher, when, more importantly, her principles get really tried, Ahsoka's like, I'm out. Not yeah. doing this. And and it's admirable, but there's also the side that is like, well, you're um you might have there might be some bad ripple effects from this. And one yeah, that's a big ripple effect from uh her walking away from the order is Anakin turning the dark side. Yeah. Um and and so you kind of get in a little glimpse into what she's going through psychologically right now with with all of this. She's just feeling a lot of guilt that she's held on for a long time. Um but yeah, I, I guess. Uh, did you did you take anything from that? Was there anything else that you you thought of with that line, or um, just I guess just where Ahsoka's head is at right now? It, it well, yeah. So I, I think those are good points. It could be some foreshadowing too. Yeah, it, it could be something that's coming up um, in the next couple of episodes where I don't know. They've they've got. It seems like stories like this are always at a crossroads, and you have to make decisions and. Sometimes the fallout of those things can be pretty heavy. So maybe it's a little bit of foreshadowing. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and then and then with um the Sabine lightsaber battle for a sec. Uh the one I mean, Sabine held her own pretty well. And we know I, that she I can, was gonna I was gonna say that. Yeah. We know that she can wield a lightsaber because she was trained uh to wield the dark saber under um Kanan. But I I was a, a little bit like I could see just by her stance that there was some rust, you know, that she wasn't Fair. going to do very well in this uh, battle. And so I wasn't surprised by the outcome of it. Um, and it made me kind of like it a little bit that, that she, um, you know, was brave enough to stand up. And even though she didn't really feel the most confident to take her on in that moment, um, she did it anyway. So it shows to be a, a lot about Sabine, but it also, uh, um, that little detail of just like watching her stance, watching the way she was standing, I was like, she's not sure what she's doing right now. <laughs> yeah, but she she dove into it head first. It was a little bit reckless, which is pretty on brand. But yeah. um, yeah, I think it I wasn't expecting it to end that way. I wasn't expecting her to win, but I wasn't expecting it to be that rough for her. Same, yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of people watching around the world were gasping during that scene, but you know, thankfully they were able to get her to the hospital. Um, but it all, it also got me thinking uh, like for a moment there, like that, you know, they're, they're both sides are really willing to risk their lives to get this map so that they can get to wherever they think Thrawn is. But like, realistically, mm. like what the heck are you going to do? Like it, that, that's a big bet to say, Oh, if we bring Thrawn back, it's going to energize those who are sympathetic with the Empire and the little factions and bits of the Empire that are left over. Yeah. Seems like a stretch. I don't know. Um, and and yeah, maybe maybe Ezra's the same place wherever he is. But like, it, it seems like a little bit of wild goose chase. Uh, oh, like, well, what and, do you mean? And, and maybe I'm coming off of... Um, like there, there was definite last Jedi vibes of like, where's the map to Luke Skywalker, you know? And Oh, sure. Yeah. 
and then they find him and he's like leave me alone i don't care and it's like, that one's going to be like that but <laughs> is there going to be some version of that you know where it's like th- we hope that this solves all of our problems and finds our friend and we can the new republic will transport thrawn back to some prison colony and then you know that ship will get captured too um he'll <laughs> be okay yeah uh so i don't know i just i, I it seems like it seems very um not to be punny here, it seems very grand. Like, oh, this is just going to take care of things for both sides. Like, whoever gets their first wins. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's good. like one's fighting for Ezra, the other fight is fighting for Thrawn. Like, yeah, they each want something different out of the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, you might get both. We'll get to that in a second because uh, let's get into the second episode. Sure. We'll talk about a few things that happened there. Toil and trouble. Um, very like, witchy title very like uh kind of like uh um morgan elsbeth right a night yes. sister very witchy um and, and i believe and, i believe the line comes from macbeth i believe it's like three witches at a cauldron cooking and yeah they're they're saying this yeah yeah that sounds that, that's true that is true um and i kept thinking about like why they named the episode the way that they did um but and I, I I couldn't think of anything other than all the stuff that happens on Karelia and some of the revelations that we get of like the empire isn't in, isn't in charge, but remnants of the empire are exist and there are, there are loyalists. Loyalists, yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, but it was also really cool that we were going to Karelia, right? This is the home of Han Solo. Yeah, and it seemed like it seemed like a nicer, cleaner Karelia. Like it seemed like the sun was about to break through. Like it seemed like it was mm-hmm. a nice day on Corellia. Yeah. Um, not not necessarily the same gloomy industrial vibe. De- definitely still industrial, but yes. may- maybe a little bit more polished to it when we're seeing it now. Yeah. It, and it hasn't come any f- uh, further from uh, its days during the, um, during the empire, right? It, it's mm-hmm. still serving the same purpose of, yep. um, you know, building all these, these ships now for uh, the Republic and and you know you've got the guy that is uh, giving them that inspection, Ahsoka and Hera, um, and basically they're saying like, "Hey, well, I'm in it for my investors. I'm just in it for whatever makes us money and yeah. keeps us front. We don't have loyalty loyalty to one or the other. We just, you know, we're a business. We're a business. Yeah. Um, obviously, that shows that they uh, they really don't care who's ordering it. They don't care if uh, you know they're breaking any sanctions in the process. <laughs> but nope. Um, but, uh, no, again, it was just really cool to get, to, uh, get to Corellia and also to see Hera in action again, too. Not just totally. Hera. Totally. Um, and flying around in the phantom, not the ghost, the phantom. Yeah. Which yeah. means that we're going to get the ghost. Soon. I, I hope so because I, I've always just loved the ghost. I think that's one of my like top two favorite ships in all of star Wars, believe it or not. Well, you can go and order one on Hasbro right now. Really? Yeah, they um it's like one of those crowdsourced or phantom one. no the ghost oh cool with the detachable phantom i think no way Very yeah cool. it, it's it was one of those i was like trying to reach a certain target of people for them to be able to build it and mm. uh it's reached that target and i think it's now reaching the targets to get like other characters added on too so anyway you it's can go and a, get one now it's such a weird thing though isn't it like we'll make it but you guys pay us first to make it well, the idea is that they just want to make sure before they make it that people are going to buy it. So it's it's like I, I get it's taking the risk out of it for them. 
Yeah, but, and it's like a big one. It's not like a little package toy of like, here you go, here's your little ship. Like, it's, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> Did I lose you on that one? <laughs> I lost Jan. I found the way to crack him. <laughs> this is what happens when I keep him up past his bedtime. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> you okay there, okay. man? I'm fine. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> Folks, we're gonna take a small break here while you No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> we're gonna roll with it. Oh okay. my gosh. Oh, anyway, crap. point being you can go and get your own really large size <laughs> ghost <laughs> ship. Oh man. You know what's interesting? To go with your large body pillow. <laughs> yes. Um, I think Rolls Royce, all of their cars now have ghost names. <laughs> okay. Do they really? Yeah. I think all the... I'm thinking about that is that reel that's going around right now of the the Bentley. girl with the be- Bentley. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. And people like doing, I, the one I saw today was uh, someone uh. doing it with their bike. Nice. It was really funny. So, like, when she's like running her fingers along the grill, the guy's running his fingers along his um, brake, along cords. his spokes and stuff. Yeah, I saw yes, him with a, that... Ford, a Ford Focus this morning. <laughs> Ford <Amazing>. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> that's my car. Is it? Yeah, that's all. I've been driving for eleven oh, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Of course, you're right. You know what you drive. I know what um, I drive. I don't know why I didn't make that connection. Right yeah, but the but Rolls Royce has, I believe, the Phantom, the Wraith, which is a different type of spirit. Um, oh. They might have a ghost, but yeah, they're yeah. they're all, they're all um, ghostly names. But but yeah, so it's cool. It was cool to see that in action. You're right. Um, <laughs> two things. Two things that let you know that you're on the right track when you're trying to get to the bottom of whatever the empire is doing. One is when you get close, if somebody just draws their blaster and yells for the empire, (laughs) you're probably on the right track. (laughs) I mean, don't yell it. Don't announce it while you're about to shoot. Like just shoot. (laughs) And then immediately gets chopped down. (laughs) All of them do. All of them. (laughs) So yeah, if if somebody yells that you're probably on the right track. And Mm -hmm. then if you run outside, and run into an inquisitor type dude, you're probably on the right track. So this is where I want to pause for a second. Maroque mm-hmm. is his name. Maroque, the inquisitor. Who is this guy? And anytime that you've got an inquisitor wearing a mask, who doesn't say a word, mm-hmm. you're like, this is somebody important, right? Yeah. 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 Good, good call. So, I mean, I haven't looked online, and I'm not professing to have a theory that I think and want to be true or think. But like, but I'm I'm I am paying attention now. Okay, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And is it Ezra? I'm just saying. Uh... I'm not speculating. I I just want to be clear. I'm not speculating. I'm not you're saying just, it is or it isn't. You're just asking the question. I'm just seeing. I know I've seen this game before when you put mm. a mask on somebody and then you take the mask off. It's something shocking. So who is it? 
I thought maybe they didn't have uh, they didn't show his face or the voice because perhaps it's a woman. Okay. I don't know no, who, who could I, it be. I don't know who it would be, but you're totally right. You you don't you don't totally disguise the identity of somebody unless like they're another nameless droid or they pull the mask off at some point this season and, and everybody goes, oh, I can't believe it. It's Snoke. <laughs> Snoke's <back>. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> Snoke has returned. It's no, it's young Snoke. Before Baby we, Snoke? It's no, it's teenage Snoke. Oh, what a little punk. Snoke. <laughs> okay, well, I guess it, here's the other thing I'm thinking about. How is there an Inquisitor still? Like, I thought we got rid of them all. And, and whose right? ship, who ship did he jump on? Uh, Shin's? I, I guess. Yeah, because Shin was there too, overseeing the transfer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, again... I'm just, and it was funny because I didn't really pick up that he was in some scenes before, but like now that I was really just like, who is this guy? Like mm-hmm. he was all over episode one and, and, um, and the second episode in a couple of scenes, just like standing there in the background. Oh, really? I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. So he's, he's like next to Morgan Elizabeth and is a big part. So again, oh. I'm just trying to figure out who this guy is. It could also be that he's just like, you know, going to be easier to dispatch and make it so you don't feel anything about it because you don't see his face. You know, that could like be it, true as well. Right. But again, I'm, I'm just wondering all the talk uh, of Ezra and then seeing him being a, a, a great foe. And, and we know that Ezra had some temptations for the dark side too. So mm-hmm. like there's anyway, sorry, I can't help shake the thought. Okay. All right. Well, I, I hope we'll find out who's under that mask. I hope it's not the case that it's like he gets offed at some point and it's like, all right, it was just sort of a faceless inquisitor. I, I, I hope we get under there. I mean, it would be also really cool if it was like the grand inquisitor all of a sudden, like mm. that would be kind of neat, but mm-hmm. not, I mean, that would mean I'm pretty sure it's not <laughs> Yeah. Um, given episodes that we've uh, covered in episode two. Yeah, or season two. Sorry, seems like it would be a stretch, but right, we'll we'll find out. But um, all right. So what are they doing? They're they're trying to get this big hyperdrive thing to connect it to like their hyperspace ring, which yeah. I guess they like what the Jedi were doing, and they're like, let's just build one of those, but but bigger and better. And I guess that's meant to transport the extraction team to the Denab system to bring back Thrawn? Is it the Denabs? I thought the starting point was the Denabs. I can't. You're right. You're right. I I think that I think that's where I think that's that's where they're going from. Like that's one of the 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 places to point them in the right direction if they pass through there. I think the interesting part. Yeah, because the interesting part is like this is the galaxy over. It's not the same galaxy. We're leaving the galaxy and going to another like this is. That's a this, big trip. This is nuts. Yeah, exactly. All, big all, trip. You're right. All that stuff about like outer rim, core planets, blah, blah, blah. That's all referring to this specific galaxy. Right. That Star Wars typically takes place in. So we're saying we're going to leave that all together. And, and we're going to go to a completely new one. A completely different galaxy. Yeah. Which is really a really cool idea. But cool I, idea. I, I, can, I can see why they need all these. Yeah 
um, I guess, souped up uh, propulsion systems, whatever else. Yeah. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that gets used. And then also if um, the Pergil that we were teased again. Yeah. More per Pergil teased. If that's uh, if that comes into play as well. well. Well, let me ask you, did you watch the closing credits of the episodes? Uh, I mean, I watched the like the artistic form ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Re really interesting, right? Yeah, because like, it was like a star map being plotted. It's a star map and you're traveling through it. And there are different things, different visuals that pop up. Like there's a wolf in the very beginning, which I'm mm. assuming is Dave Filoni's continuing wolf obsession 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 well, it could be the <laughs> sure exception um it, it's also the the ones on the fall too it could be yeah. a connection to that true um but then there are some pergil yeah or, or at least like stylized pergil type cartoony characters that really look like that at mm. some point and so I'm, I'm wondering what else is kind of like in that map that we'll be seeing over the course of the season that's going to be relevant to the story in some way. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ton to look forward to. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm, I feel like these first two episodes just, they're really well written. They yeah. were exciting. They had good action. They, there's a lot of intrigue. Um, there was some great dialogue, fantastic dialogue. I awesome. wrote down so many lines. Awesome of, dialogue. Awesome inter like interpersonal relationships between the characters that are that seem yeah. like heavy and seem like they have a history um great performances um yeah i just good all super high production quality and and this is what this is this is i mean i think dave Filoni's still in the single digits of thing live action things that he's directed and the <laughs> the, the first episode was probably like his fifth thing or something so yeah. So far, so good. Um, yeah. But speaking of which, um, so Steph Green directed episode two. Um, Steph Green also directed episode three. Uh, we've got a Dave Filoni coming back later in the season, and Rick Famuyiwa is yeah. going to do the finale. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So buckle up for that. And a couple other new names in between, but we'll talk about them as we get to them. That's cool. I mean, it, that's really cool. It's, I love how they're all like, because um, Steph Green was um, one of the episodes in season three of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, which we got earlier this year. And then Rick Famuyiwa was um, uh, the uh, like main writer or like uh, main producer of uh, season three. Right. And, so he had and directed some play. episodes and directed, uh, I think, like the last two. So he's. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're going to bring him in as the closer and I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. All right. Two more things before we wrap up one. Um, I'll say I really loved the, uh, the last scene of episode two where Balin is reflecting on Ahsoka mm -hmm. and mentioned, says the line about like to kill Ahsoka would be a shame. And Morgan Elsbeth asks if it's sentimental and he just responds with, Oh, truth. Like there are very few Jedi left. And to kill anyone of those force users is a shame and should not uh, should not be taken lightly, right? Yeah. Um, again, just shows how dynamic he is as a character that he's he's not in it for he, he's just a mercenary. He's he'll take any job that he takes. Yeah. He'll, he'll go up against a Jedi if he's paid well to do it, but he doesn't really want to because he he doesn't want to be the last force user left in the galaxy, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, um, and, and I think um, I thought about Cad Bane a little bit where Cad Bane was like a little bit cold, but would take the time to be like, hey, it's not personal. It, it ain't you. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just and, and like he had a little bit of complexity. And I think Balin is like that times 10 where. Yeah that line alone made him a way more complex character than what we saw leading up to that point. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I wonder what conflicts he's going to face. I, I wonder what, when he comes to a crossroads, if he's going to be wondering which way he should go or if he's just going to do whatever he's got to do for a paycheck. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, uh, I, I guess we'll find out and it'll be really interesting. Cause I, I think he's a very complex character and, and yeah, has a lot more to, to dive into. Um, the other thing that I just wanted to ask real quick is um, the volume. Hmm. Do we know how much the volume was used in this? And I'm I'm asking too, like mm. partly because I I felt like with some of the times it was used in the past, like you could really tell. I couldn't really tell if it was being used in anything. You're you're totally right. I didn't even think about it, but there were no moments where I was like, I can kind of see what they did here. Yeah, exactly. Not, not at all. So if they used it and I didn't notice awesome. Brilliant. If they didn't use it. It makes me wonder, what are they thinking about the volume and how it's being used moving forward? Are they supplementing it with more uh, live? I mean, they use it a ton in Mandalorian season three and we, a see, ton. again, we could see it. I, and that's, what's tough about it is like when you can see it, it does become a bit of a distraction. Yeah. But, I do appreciate still what they're able to accomplish with it and how it's moving forward. The, the craft of uh, filmmaking percent. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a technological step forward. And with all of those things, sometimes there's little kinks to work out, but I never once thought like, okay, I I feel like I see the edge of the volume. I feel like I see what they did here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see anything with the effects that took me out of the story at all. Same. No, they were really good so far, which uh, I know has been, uh, something that's been tough lately for a few of them because they're, I mean, Hollywood's really struggling with keeping costs low and um, part of the big costs are CGI. So, well then, then they were struggling with keeping costs down and not being able to do all the things they wanted to do because we were still in the COVID era. Now now we're coming out of it, you know, it's a little less complicated, but no complications. Exactly. But that's all all I got. Yep. I've had it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've had it with you too. All right, let's just call it a night. It's a wrap. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm just messing around. I enjoy our conversations. <laughs> no, but hey, it it is good to be back, and it's good to have a conversation on some some good content that's out there. Again. Oh my gosh, yeah, always good to have new new Star Wars content to talk about, and it's always fun to talk about it with you, man. So thank you, yeah, likewise. thank you to all of our listeners, and thank uh, you, bro. Hopefully, uh, hope hopefully they didn't all leave us because they're like. Where are these guys? They're not even coming around. Oh, screw them, you know. I, I hope not. And I, and I feel like we, we've gotten some like nice reviews and stuff like that on on like Spotify and whatever else. We've gotten some five stars, and we appreciate that. Um, so it's great to be back. Uh, always love talking Star Wars with you, dude. Um, and yeah. and documenting it because I feel like we're talking about it all the time. But yeah, it's just <laughs> it's nice to capture some of these things. And uh, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you've had a great summer. Uh, thank you to Rural Farm Boy who sent us a really nice voice message today um, and was checking in. It was just really nice to to hear from him. So we hope you're doing well, dude. Um, 
And thank you to everybody else who's been connecting with us on Twitter at Starbros Podcast, uh, sending us emails, the Starbros Podcast at gmail.com. I'm just kidding. Nobody has sent us emails. <laughs> um, but you can. You can if you want to. Um, <laughs> and we're just we're excited to reconnect with the community and hear what other people are thinking about Ahsoka. What do you love about it? Um, where do you think the story's going? Like, let's let's have that conversation. But thank you guys for listening. Yep. We appreciate you. Yes, thank you. We will be back in, uh, actually, usually we do every other week, but you are going on a wonderful vacation, and so we are going to be back in three weeks yep. to cover the next uh, three episodes of, of Ahsoka that we'll have to cover then. Um, so we'll be back to talk in three weeks' time. Yeah. Um, until then, enjoy Ahsoka. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, yeah, give us a shout out in all the places that Jan just mentioned. Um, be the first to drop us an email that's not uh, from some spam. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> leave us leave us a rating on uh, anywhere that you get your podcast. It's always helpful too. Yes, please. Um, until then, we'll talk to you next time. No, what do we say? I'm yeah, out of tune. Do, what do we do? Yeah, no, we do something. We do something. And you it's my do time something. to do it. Yeah. Oh, man. I got to remember what that was. Do we say uh, it's a Philly cheesesteak wrap? Now you've got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. Perfect. <laughs>